Ladies, gentlemen, geeks of all ages, you are now entering BJ Shea's Geek Nation. Welcome. Yes, welcome to BJ Shea's Geek Nation. I am the Reverend in Fuego. Across from me is Vicky Barcelona. Hello. We have the show's namesake, BJ Shea. No, we don't. That's a lie. I just looked over there and I forgot he was on assignment. But running the boards is Joey D. Hello. Hi. On today's show, I will talk with Gareth von Kallenbach about all of the conventions that are not happening in person, but are doing things online. And we all get real geeky with some trailers from some of our upcoming favorite shows and their new seasons. And of course, the Geek Sheet with Vicky B. Vicky, how can people get a hold of us? Get a hold of us via our website, bjgeeknation.com. You can find our blogs, podcasts, and more. 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 Just search for BJ Shades Geek Nation on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, radio.com, and iTunes to find us. Easy peasy. Yes, mac and cheesy. Which I have much. <laughs> I know, I'm looking at it. And so uh, we'll get right in with Mr. Gareth von Kallenbach because, uh, like I said, we don't necessarily know what's going on, but there are a lot of things that are transitioning into the online version of conventions, and Gareth has a really actually solid breakdown of what we're going to be expecting for this summer and uh, even beyond. Gareth von Kallenbach joins us from Skewed and Reviewed, that is SKNR.net, and I know that... A lot of gaming conferences and conventions and stuff have moved online, but I don't even know where to begin with all of those. Unfortunately, I mean, you're you're the one with the nose to the ground figuring all this stuff out. So really, what's happening in the near future when it comes down to some of these conferences? Well, pretty much we have a slate moved out into September right now, and a lot of them are trying to get in before San Diego Comic-Con Online comes up. And then a lot of others are coming in right after it. So uh, starting off, you have Devolver Digital. And they generally do kind of a quirky showcase, their own thing, around E3. And uh, we know they've got Shadow Warrior 3 announced, and they're doing something on July 11th. Obviously, it'll be online. We don't have any more details after that. Uh, But what is interesting is, after that one, the big one that everyone's looking at is on July 12th when Ubisoft does Ubisoft Forward. Uh-huh. And we've got some interesting little rumors about this, so I'll, uh, I'll update you on that real quick. Now, everyone's expecting Assassin's Creed Valhalla. We might see stuff about their new Battle Royale uh, Hyperscape, which uh, you know I did an early access of recently. But then it starts to get very, you know, Interesting. There are rumors about Watch Dogs 3. Okay, that's fine. But the big rumor we've heard is that they may announce the Far Cry 6. And that Giancarlo Esposito, who plays the bad moth in The Mandalorian, is rumored to be involved. Now, as I said, just a rumor, nothing from the company, but that's one of the big buzzes that is going around right now. And if you don't know uh, Giancarlo Esposito as well, he was Gus Fring on Better Call Saul and Breaking Bad as well. Exactly. And then as a sweetener, we've heard, again, unconfirmed, but everybody who logs into the conference is apparently going to get a PC version of Watch Dogs 2. That's one of the rumors. So, interesting stuff. Yeah, That that is kind of interesting on that. Wow. Yeah. After that, we've heard, uh, well, not the herd, but uh, Google Stadia is still plugging away, and they're going to do their thing on July 14th. But then the one that everybody's starting to really put their eyes on is July 23rd, when Xbox has their uh, showcase. Now, 
it's interesting to note they've apparently reserved one for August as well. And if you remember, the first showcase didn't do so well because a lot of people were like, what's all this indie stuff out there? This is the one where they're essentially, this is their kind of make good because this is where they say they're going to focus on their first party titles, the exclusives and the stuff from the studio. As you know, this has been one of the biggest disadvantages they've had compared to Sony is that Sony has been pouring out the first party exclusives like crazy. Microsoft is considered to be lacking in that category. You know, traditionally it's got a Gears of War, We've got a, um, you know, a halo and we got a Forza beyond that. What do you have? Well, this is what we're going to try to find out. Um, other things of note, um, as game developer conference is going to be taking place online in August. This is usually like a European version of E3. Mm-hmm. And so we'll see what they have. But then the counter to that is that we're hearing Sony is going to do a state of play in August. And with that, a lot of people think that we are going to have perhaps a price reveal for the PS5, uh, a availability date possibly, pre-orders, and so on. But others have said, well, traditionally, the state of play is just where they announce upcoming games. So we'll see what happens. It's not like a full panel like the PlayStation 5 reveal. As you've seen them, they're usually about 20 minutes or so. Mm-hmm, yeah. um, and they go from there. But, of course, that's not to say they can't go longer. They did one for um, a recent game where that was a good 20, 30 minutes. So that's basically it. And that all um, for that, but it all leads up to the big event, which is PAX Online. And I figured that was a good one to... Uh, you know, wrap it all up with now. Yeah, because as you know. Well, and that's the ahead. and that's the one of the things with like packs is, uh, especially it's it's really packs for everything else. And you're talking about like GDC and E3, which are a little bit more catered, uh, a less towards the uh, the consumer. And packs has always been the one where you can play everything just as a person walking in there and having enough time to uh, you know hang out and spend some time in a line. But you can get in and play almost everything. I, I, that's not going to be something you can do with packs online where do you even know how they're going to be trying to approach this yeah it's, it's rather interesting because as we talked about e3 started to allow more and more of the public to come in about 10 15,000. gdc has done that for a while they kind of had like this is the media only day this is the day for media and the public and they've they've done that but of course as you said these are media first showcases by and large what we've been told PAX is going to do, and th- this one's going to be insane, so try to wrap your head around this one. Okay. Nine days of content, 24 hours straight. And the idea behind it is that it will tie in like PAX Melbourne, all of that. So if you're overseas, you don't have to be up at 2 in the morning to watch the content. There's going to be consistent content made available. Now, the hard part is, how do you fill that much content? I mean, yeah. you know, we, we reference Comic-Con. They're doing five days of online stuff, over 350 panels. You know, pick and choose, but nine days, 24 hours. So we have a feeling this is kind of going to be seen as if you're a developer, this is your last big chance to get this product before a large audience in time for the holiday shopping seasons. Now, you know, yes, they can still do their own things between now and then, but we think we're going to see a lot of um, streams, 
we're going to see a lot of reveals, which traditionally is not Pax's thing. They traditionally are more of the come and see the games you've heard about, the stuff that you know was revealed at E3, the stuff that's coming soon. This is your chance to get your hands on it, um, so on and so forth. We're going to see panels. I know they've uh, put in panel submissions. We've even put in a few for ourselves because, as you know, PAX has started to really, in the last few years, uh, really push having panels at the shows. We're guessing there might be some kind of tournament. You know, they always had the Omega Nuts doing their things, that sort of thing. Um, With that, we may see game streams. I've heard one theory says what they may do is take some select streamers and get them hands-on with some of these pending games. And so while you can't play it, you can see someone doing their first time playing a game, that sort of thing. And, I mean, they've um, done that. They've done that in the past, too. If you had just been at the uh, been at uh, PAX and you were a streamer, sometimes they would have booths set up, like maybe the Twitch one or some of the game showcases where a notable streamer can just go and hang out and play the games as well and do a stream right there. So that's not too far outside of what they've already done previously. Right. And of course, I'm assuming there'll be a merchandise like most of these conventions (laughs) have done the online thing. So you can go and buy your T-shirts and your collectibles. I assume they'll do something for board gaming. Um, Was talking with someone. I said, I think they may kind of roll over PAX Unplugged and uh, PAX South because, you know, I'm trying to be optimistic here, but I just don't see a large convention happening in Texas in January with everything that's going. I mean, I've already heard some of the drastic things CES is considering if they are able to hold any semblance of the show, but that's that's (laughs) another story. Yeah, right. And, uh, you know, and I I keep coming back to trying to fill nine days of 24 hours worth of content. Now, I'd like to think they're smart enough that they had this all planned out before they announced the nine days. But at the same time, people are saying, did they just announce the nine days? And it's basically, okay, guys, um, if you have something come to us, we have plenty of space for you. And I, yeah, I just right, joke yeah. with someone going, I hope I don't get a, a live panel at one thirty a.m. or something <laughs> like that. And, uh, you know, most of my audience is overseas, but right. you never know. I mean, this is all worked out. And I think like any show, what they're probably looking at is they're saying, this is the days, where are we? And they're going to be able to look at it and say, this will work, this won't work, we need this. Or they'll look at it and say, boy, we got to take pretty much everything and then maybe some more. Mm-hmm. And... You know, I'm sure the the out for that would be, well, maybe during off-peak hours, we can just repeat what was early in the morning, that sort of thing. So, like, hey, you folks over in Australia, you didn't get to see the reveal of this stream here at 10 o'clock this morning. Well, here it is. Boom. For you and that sort of thing. But it will be very interesting to see what they have because we've seen a lot of, for example, you know, I mentioned Comic-Con. Four days plus preview nights. They've stuck to that format for their show. PAX is a three to four day show, four day show. They're doing nine days. Yeah, so, <laughs> yeah. And you know that what tells you something. And it, and it's and it's perfect for me because I know that you have you yourself and your crew to watch everything, so I can just get the uh, the cliff cliff notes version when uh, when I hit up sknr.net. <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> Thank you so Sleepless much. Sleepless nights ahead, that's for sure. <laughs> Thanks, Gareth. Again, like I said, scoot and reviewed SKNR.net or follow on social media. Thank you so much, Gareth. Anytime. Take care. 
Thank you so much, Gareth. Again, you can find out more information, like I said, SKNR.net. Now, this last week was pretty exciting because two of our favorite shows dropped trailers for the upcoming seasons. I'm so excited. And I I knew that the Umbrella Academy was coming out on July 31st, Mm -hmm. which first pissed me off because I'd been hearing, oh, it's coming in July. So like July 1st, I was on vacation. So I just sat there and I like put on Netflix and it was like 31st. And I'm like, son of a. That's August. Yeah, basically. Come I mean, it, it's like, it's not close. Y'all teased me too hard. Now I'm getting, dang it. Uh, <laughs> but uh, in order to placate the masses, they have put out a trailer, which uh, have you guys seen? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, How really? exciting is this? Now, this is the interesting part. So they are all going. Uh, they're doing the time travel thing because we saw that what's happened. I thought that they got like de-aged or something right away the last time I we mean, saw. I mean, I don't know. We don't know what exactly happened because time travel, as we know, is a crapshoot. Yeah. And I've been watching Umbrella Academy again. I just started again. <laughs> uh, but it's a crapshoot because that's how when uh, number five came back in time. That's how he ended up being a kid. He got the math wrong. And that was right, too. Yeah, because I really, I recently just rewatched the first episode because uh-huh. uh, I had to wait until the damn end yes. of the month. But, yeah, it was like, yeah, you just you don't know. He's like, oh, yeah, so-and-so said my that my, the math would be wrong. And that's why he did come back as the kid. Mm-hmm. And I remember when they, when at the end of season one, when, well, you know, hey, when the apocalypse does occur mm-hmm. and they end up going back in time, there were some changes in that, uh, in their body makeup. Mm-hmm. Um, but it looks like I don't know necessarily what's happening with that because it looks like everyone's just getting strewn off to their own different times and I they think, need to find themselves again. I'm wondering, I, it, for me, the way I took it is that they're all in the same time. They're just got located different places. Ah, OK. Like maybe in different parts, either the country or in that same general area. I don't know how much time has passed because the thing that throws me off is that the very last episode and I'm going to be we're going to be spoiling the uh, uh, yeah, season one. Season yeah. one. If you haven't seen it yet, just skip ahead. Uh, Allison <laughs> gets injured by her sister, yeah, with the th- Vanya. The, yeah, with the th- uh, throat. Yeah, she uh, Vanya slashes her when she finds out she's got powers with her uh, violin bow, mm-hmm. and it slashes her throat, and there is possible damage to her vocal cords, and now Allison's power is the power to rumor to yeah. people to do whatever she wants. Like, I heard a rumor... Insert here, and now you do it. Like in the trailer, it's like, you never use your powers anymore. It's like, I heard a rumor you punched yourself in the face. <laughs> Pop! <laughs> <laughs> Poor Diego. I love that she's just like sipping on her tiki drink. Right? Diego was like the straight-laced, kind of like super cop when it came down in the season one. And uh, in this one, he looks kind of like a bum. Super cop is kind of a bad term. He was more of super vigilante. Okay, yeah, good point. Like Batman-esque. Yeah, even in the first episode, like when he's talking to, uh, you know, Officer Patch, which is kind of his girlfriend-ish, mm-hmm. but not... A ex-girlfriend, uh, she's like, well, something you probably forgot when you got kicked out of the police academy. So you can tell that was something oh, he was yeah. doing, but because he's got his Good own call. style and he mm-hmm. learned, obviously, from, um, you know, Umbrella Academy, like he wants to be a hero. Like him and number one want to be heroes. They just mm-hmm. go about it different ways and they clash. Yeah. And I don't know, I haven't read the first ish, the first trade in a long time, so I don't remember how much is the same. But I finally got the third one, so I'm going to sit there and read all three of them. Nice. So I will be got able to tell you. Got a before it comes out. Oh, yeah. I, 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 don't, I have no idea after this. And I really love the fact that you get to see Klaus in probably the most Klaus thing ever, yes. commanding a cult. Like, it's mean, just, it just makes sense. Brilliant. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so at the end of the first season, they go back to a time. They, like, caught in a time vortex or something, right? Yeah. Yes. And then they don't know where they're going. And it appears in this one... 
they go back all to the same time, different areas, but then they all kind of are living their own lives, it looks like. Yeah, and don't know how long it's going to be. And they go yeah. back to 1963 because they're talking about uh, JFK and they're trying mm-hmm. to stop the JFK uh, assassination and apparently impending nuclear doom because they brought that back with them as well. Well, like we saw hints of uh, JFK. So in the first episode of season one, when you see uh, number five coming back in time, Originally, when he's still the old man, he was there perched up to shoot, I think, either the president or shoot the guy who was going to kill for oh, the president. Yeah. So they, because you could, he had his little radio and they were talking about the president's, you know, out right now, blah, blah. Hmm. So he had something, he was already there. So him leaving must have either caused something or didn't cause something. It'll be really interesting to see where they're going to be going with all of this. And what I find fascinating, and I was talking to Rev about this uh, off air a few days ago, is that I noticed that. They're, even though it is current day and time, technically they are my age They because they were born October of 1989. Oh, yeah. And I'm August of 1989. <laughs> so, but they have no cell phones. They use pay phones in 2019. They use no computers. When they go to the library, they are using that old school technology from like the 80s oh, and 90s. Oh, yeah, the microfilm. Yes, that. Um very old school. I'm like, but it's 2019. Whereas, like, cell phones and computers would have solved so much of their issues and had that been a thing. Yeah. How many times have they screwed with the timeline then at yeah. this point? So either they've screwed it up or something's like this, that was the way the world was supposed to be, or we're supposed to have the world the way it is now. Mm, I don't and something that. got screwed up. <laughs> Although there was a flaw, I realized listening back hmm. in the first episode when Diego's actually getting uh, arrested for yeah. kind of interfering with the investigation and he's getting all his stuff confiscated. One of the things is like, oh yeah, no, I got that on eBay, super cheap. So uh, I think- How are eBay there, when not everybody no, has computers or smartphones or stuff? no computers around. And also, what the hell do they do when they're sitting on the toilet? Can't play I'm, with your phone anymore? You read the back of the shampoo bottle. Oh, that's unfortunate. Ingredients. <laughs> <laughs> the other trailer that popped down was The Boys Season 2, oh, which- uh, That's I was a t- teaser trailer. Yeah, you're right. And it's, uh, first off- um, Filthy. Yeah, if you have uh, young children around, either have it uh, muted because reading the subtitles is hilarious because the subtitles on Facebook when I was watching it are censored <laughs> when the words are not. So I was very confused <laughs> about how that was going. But if, I mean, if you watch the first season, and that this one's on Amazon Prime, I- mm-hmm. uh, you know how dirty it is. And I, I'm so happy to see what's going on because at this point now the boys are uh, public enemy number one. Mm-hmm. And we got um, the, the the soups who are all now really set on making sure to ruin their lives in any way possible. I mean, because, I mean, they're killing the soup, so it makes sense. What I am very curious about, so Compound V, which I forget what how they described it in the first season, but I read the first couple trades, mm-hmm. and in the comics, all of these guys, the main guys, have superpowers because there's this thing called Compound V. And so right off the bat, when Huey joins, uh, Butcher immediately injects injects him with it. Yeah. And gives him superpowers without telling. He's like, oh, now you got like you need something to help you. Like it's basically like giving you a gun. It's kind of giving <laughs> putting you up to their level so you have a fighting chance. Mm-hmm. But like uh, Mother's Milk, the way he got his powers was that his mother worked at this factory that used to make Compound V, but then they became a dog food company. And so she worked there while she was pregnant with him and it still had bits and pieces of Compound V, so that's how he got his powers. But he gets weak, so he still needs mother's milk (laughs) to continue being strong, a big old strong boy. But all of the characters have power, so I really hope, because I think it would be fun 
to see them somehow acquire powers this season. Yeah, I, I think that would be a good way for them to be able to kind of level the playing field, so to speak. Because right now, one. all they have is the female. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And uh, season two premieres September 4th on Amazon Prime. And like I said, Netflix will have uh, Umbrella, Umbrella Academy season two at the end of this month. <laughs> two things that I'm very excited for. We're going to have to check out. Uh, but we need to move on right now because it is time for... The Geek Sheet with Vicky B. Vicky, uh, dare I ask what's going on in your brain? Yeah, I'm, uh, I'll start this off by asking, do you guys have any special talents um, that people don't typically know about. I can hand fart. See if I can do see if I can do this. I what? Can you do celebration? <laughs> celebrate good. It kind of sounds like Pac-Man. Wow. That's just with my hands in air. <laughs> I was not farts. expecting that today. That's about all I got. All right, Jody Joe. got any special talents? Um I mean I can cook. I can whistle. I don't think those are very special, though. Well, I mean, you can cook some pretty good food. I mean, mm-hmm. I've tried some of those uh, the great things that you've brought in when you do bring them in. So I would say that is a special talent. Hooray! <laughs> I mean, it's not really that special, but I can do a four, uh, three-leaf clover, clover with my tongue. Really? <laughs> uh-huh. Oh, well, I mean, it's not good for radio, but no, that is also not. creepy. Uh, but, like, I mean, <laughs> I feel like knowing another language, I don't think that considers that being a talent. Um, for those who are new, I speak two languages. I think so. Bad Spanish and bad English. That's well, all I got. It's right. kind of entertaining when uh, when you're talking with uh, family members and you're going in between with like uh-huh. both, like going back and forth. It's that actually to me is a talent because I took two and a half years of French and retained nothing. See? Nothing. Well, tu es le petit poisson. I just called you a little fish. Aww. Oh, I thought you said, could I have a croissant? I was I like, I would so like too. one, please. Nope. I thought you were going to say, would you like a little croissant? Je suis le grand fromage. <gasps> Something about big cheese. I'm the big cheese. <laughs> and you're the little fish. That's all Well, I, I feel like I should know how to speak a language I've been speaking for 30 years. Well. I mean. <laughs> you uh, hope. But I go back and forth because I'm actively trying to get better at it. So when I'm with my parents, I make them correct me when I use the wrong tense and stuff. Because oh, like you, sometimes you oh, just you forget. Like it does, but I'm like I need to learn it. But you're getting better. Yeah, just because I, you know, when you spend a few years not living by them and not seeing them all the time, you kind of lose your language. Mm-hmm. It's it's interesting, but. It got me thinking, like, do celebrities have, like, random talents or things that we just don't know about them? And it's always kind of fun to see that, like, side of them. Mm-hmm. Um, and actually, Cracked did an article about it. And one thing, you, you guys like musician Prince, right? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Phenomenal musician. You could make some mean pancakes. Uh, <laughs> Thanks, but Dave Chappelle. <laughs> he apparently <laughs> had been described as a pool shark. So one oh. of his personal photographers, who considers himself a fairly decent pool player, told a story about how Prince beat him. Really? Yeah, he proceeded to basically clean the table two times in a row before I even had a chance to shoot. Oh, brutal. And when I finally had a chance, he beat the pants off me, and he was that good, and he was cocky about it, too. It kind of reminds me just, I mean, it's like a muscle memory thing. So a guy who can play so many different instruments, and he mm-hmm. was a, an immensely talented musician, it makes sense that you would be able to have that sort of muscle memory for something like pool. Mm-hmm. Um, but we all know who Mads Mikkelsen is, right? Yes, Hannibal. Mm-hmm. He was also in Rogue uh, One. Calicius in uh, Doctor Strange, which I just recently oh, watched. Right. That and movie in 4K is a trip. He was also in Rogue One as uh, Jin's father. 
Oh, that was him. Yeah, Generso. Yeah. yeah. So, did you know that he's actually, uh, and he, he's really good at playing a bad guy, or just that creepy guy. Mm-hmm. But he's actually uh, a professional dancer, and there's like a little clip of him doing ballet. Wow! Like actual professional dance. How did he not dance in the James Bond movie? <laughs> he was the bad guy at Casino Royale, right? I have no idea. I know I don't watch James Bond movies. I didn't, what? I didn't watch no, man, I don't like James he Bond movies. He was the guy movies. with the bleeding eye, right? Maybe. <sighs> I think that's him. Either yeah. that or they're very eerily <laughs> familiar. <laughs> yep, that was him. Yeah! <laughs> wow, but he can dance. That's crazy. He can dance if he wants to. He can leave his friends behind. Uh <laughs> Uh, but uh, do you know who uh, the late uh, Graham Chapman is? No. He was actually a Monty Python star. Oh, okay, okay, yeah, all right, that makes sense. Um, but he's also he was also a qualified doctor. But really? you can tell, you know, he obviously more focused more on the comedy stuff. Yeah, right? That would be very strange if, like, you were just trying to get, like, new in town, maybe getting a new general practitioner, and you walk in and it's a guy from Monty Python, and you're like, am I in a sketch? Like this isn't real life, right? Or was it Ken? Ken? Yeah, Doctor Ken. Ken Jeong. Jeong. Yeah. Uh, yeah. He's uh, he was actually yeah a doctor before he became the, yeah, the, the Hangover people... guy, and then proceeded to have this amazing career. Yeah, I cannot imagine getting a medical degree and all the work that goes into that, and then be like, eh, I'm gonna go do something else. But like, <laughs> I, I know people like that. That like, I have a friend who she went to school to be a lawyer. Granted, it was in a different country. Now lives here, so you know she can't practice law here anyways. But she, I'm like, well, you only have two years of law you need to study here in the United States so you can practice law. And she's like, I really don't want to. Yeah. Like, I don't. Yeah. It's like, I, I'm glad I learned it. It was fascinating. But once I was done with it, it's like, I never want to do this again. So I, I, I can kind of <laughs> see that. Um, but uh, our favorite Hulk, Mark Ruffalo. It's my favorite. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Definitely. He apparently knows how to ride a unicycle because he used to once want to be a clown. Wow. So he knows how to ride a unicycle. Have you guys ever tried to ride a unicycle? I can't even get on it, man. I'm too well, short. Yeah, well, and that's part of, well, I'm not too short, but I have I have the balance of a person who looks like me. So it was one of those things where I don't even know how, but when I was in like junior high, we had a unicycle at my grandparents and I tried my hardest to try to get onto that thing. No. And like so the the one time where I almost broke my ankle, I was just like, yeah, this isn't this is just not going to end well for me. <laughs> yeah, the goal was not worth it. No, no. What am I going to do? Hey, everyone, I can ride a unicycle other than the Unipiper down in, in Portland. Portland who uh, rides around with a flaming set of bagpipes. That's a about and a Darth Vader mask. Yeah, that's about as far as I could get at that point. And uh, he's already got it. So why like am I going to steal his we gig? Should, we should start a circus. I'll, I'll be the tall clown. Like I've always wanted to use stilts. <laughs> I've always wanted to see if I could do it and how that would feel. You'd be I, the average-sized clown, though. <laughs> like, I want to get ridiculous still. Because I could wear high heels and still be below average height. <laughs> but You know what? Stilts, uh, well, I mean, stilts are- like 100 bucks. I can get, yeah, I can get you one for 86 bucks on Wish. That'll end up really well right, for you. Right, those are probably for kids. <laughs> I've looked into this. Well. <laughs> uh, but uh, I know everyone clowns on Justin Bieber, but apparently he can solve a Rubik's Cube in less than two minutes. That's really cool. Like being able to a solve it at all. Yeah, I can't. It comes down to, and I mean, God, we should have Gregor on one of our mm-hmm. uh, buddies who does a lot of other podcasts, radio.com and also works in the same building as us. He is, he's not 
as um, as amazing as some of the top people, but he's still really good at solving those. And it's all about patterns. Yeah. So if you're really good at patterns, you can figure out or at least learn how to do the Rubik's Cubes really well. I'm not. I'm more of a trying to feel it out. And then mm-hmm. I just take the stickers off and replace them. Because uh, and that's uh, about uh, all don't I Don't ever say that to somebody who does it, like, not necessarily competitive. He's done it competitively, I believe, um, mm-hmm. yeah. our buddy Gregor. But even just somebody who does it that well, don't ever do that joke because they'll just roll yeah, their eyes. Yeah, I know. It's like, it's a, yeah, the same dumb joke that they've always heard. Uh, but Mike Judge, we know him as creator of King of the Hill, Beavis and Butthead, and pretty much Idiocracy, <laughs> lots of good stuff. But apparently he plays the bass and he's pretty good because before he, you know, broke through with MTV, he had quit his office job so he can play bass full time with a blues band. Wow. It's like, Sound, it sounds just like kind of the premise of Office Space, if you think about it. <laughs> sounds like Billy Bob Thornton when he released his album or whatever. His album was good. Yeah, it's Yeah, crazy. it wasn't like Russell Crowe's 30-odd foots of grunts and that <laughs> sort of thing. Like, that wasn't good. It was uh, not. Don't look it up. It's not a talent. <laughs> no. Sorry. We do have another Hannibal on here. Uh, Anthony Hopkins? Anthony Hopkins. Oh, let me think what his is. Uh, He's written a book. Oh, I can't think. I don't know. Um, uh, uh, Hannibal or, you know, Dr. Robert Ford from uh, Westworld. Good call. Uh, he apparently paints canvases that sell up to $80,000. So he paints four times a week for hours and hours, and he's made more paintings than he can count. But I also saw this video, hmm. and it's actually really awesome because you get to see his reaction to it. When he was a very like, young man, he wrote, uh, composed an orchestra, like, a piece. Oh, okay, yeah. Like an orchestral yeah. piece or something like that. And then it wasn't until years, years later that he actually got to witness somebody took it and performed it, like with a whole orchestra. Oh, wow. And just seeing his face, like he did it. Like, oh my God, that That's was so That's amazing. Cool. Like just being able to see your work come to life in that aspect has got to be a, it's like it fills your heart, but right. it's also a little bit humbling that people want to be able to listen to what you've right. done. Because you've only had, he only wrote the music in his head. Like, yeah. he never, I don't know if he had ever heard it. That's amazing. Freaking David Duchovny is a published novelist and has a master's degree in literature from Yale. Whoa. Really? Really? David Duchovny? Huh. Like, All there's right. a lot of cool stuff. That's uh, amazing. Well, I want to know what your hidden talents are, especially if they're on the geeky side. <laughs> uh, but until next time, stay nerdy.